Coming up on Mount Hermeneutics, Brian's going to let you know if you're going to heaven or not. And Matt and I are going to try to affirm that. <laughs> I mean, not exactly, but eh, stick around. You'll see. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts. But you better believe we'll have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. I can agree with a lot of what you're saying, with what both of you are saying. Like, I think we have a lot of common ground there, more than would su- would be suggested by my by the contention here. <laughs> I agree. But, I, I, yeah. I, I think that but, hit it on the head. You're, but, you're coming out in a defensive. But, 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 bro, I know five fat people, and Michael Moore's four of those five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and he ate the other one. Yeah. Again, the movie director, Michael Moore, not you, Dad. Yeah. Um, it's That's one it. thing if they're eating a burger. It's another thing if they're eating gummy bears and uh, white Gatorades. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. What's happening, fellas? What's going on? Hey, Dre. Yeah. You know, just uh, just another week. You know, went to work. It, it's been raining, so there's roads all washed out because I live in Southern California, where I I, I just saw a thing that said that. you have like like life threatening floods, and Wait. you're in, you're in the yellow part of it where you're at. Did we did we talk about the flood last week when we were? It was starting uh, to flood. The, the yeah, deluge mm-hmm. of, you know, like the, the the Highway 78, which connects like Oceanside to Escondido. Like it goes through that whole can from basically from the five to the 15. That's where mm-hmm. it connects. It was a river. There's like, I mean, leave it to Oceanside dudes rocking the paddleboard on the on the I-78. Just <laughs> and there's cops like, get off. The road. He's like, ah. They're like, make me. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so, there's a bunch of meth addicts running around out there, insane. Is that new? Uh, it, meth the, addicts? The, yeah. No, it's like, been around. Does, been does around the rain? Does the rain bring them out? <laughs> no, the freaks come out at night, and all now right. all day here in, in Ocean Sides. It's wonderful. Well, you're uh, getting floods. We had a uh, we had an earthquake here. Yeah. Ooh. Wait yeah. a minute. So I'm getting floods and you're getting earthquakes. Right. What, yeah. right. right. The world right. is upside down. That's global warming. Dogs I are thought, loving cats. I, I don't know. I, I thought we were getting nuked at first, but <laughs> you don't know the, the 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 beginnings of an earthquake. Fucking rookie. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny you say that though, because I remember when I lived in SoCal when I was in Mesa, the coast of Mesa High. And uh, we had a, a 4.0, something like that hit. And I remember as soon as it happened, everybody's like, whoa. And this one kid goes, was that real? And we're all like, <laughs> you should have been no, like, was what real? We were like, no, this is Universal Studios. They brought their earthquake machine to test it on our school campus. Yes, that was real. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, uh, my my oldest daughter, she threw a, a, a Galentine's Day. So... So all the all the girls get together for Valentine's Day, throw a little party for themselves. Yeah, yeah. To take so, all the boys off the hook, so they can all be conscientious objectors like me. I I guess so. I guess yeah. it's a it's a it's a thing. And then That's it's funny because Cooper Cooper came over. He's like, 
Someone said there's something like a Palentine's Day. And I was like, would you ever celebrate Palentine's Day? And I I know I just fraudulently, fraudulently slipped gay, Palentine's gay. But yeah, I'd be like, son, why are you gay? What? Are you gay? Are gay. I was about to say, like, yeah, me and all my guy friends have a, a, a Brolentine's Day. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, it's uh, called Saturday with the Lakers on, right? That's that was with, just, just going to be beer. Like, that's, that's every day for dudes. I don't know. I was just gonna be kidding though. I, I didn't. I wasn't gonna mean it. Oh, so this will be. This will air after one right at right at Valentine's Day, not oh, this very, very one nice. before. So yeah, I, I've I've been a lifelong conscientious objector of Valentine's Day, hmm. and and Carrie's known this since the beginning. I I I have zero patience, um, as the kids used to say. I can't even when it comes to Valentine's Day. We're we're looking to go into a Sawyer Brown concert. Uh, the, the the following weekend, just so it just depends I mean, if, if doing if Coop, something is cool, right? Yeah, right? but I'm not trying to make a stupid reservation on Valentine's Day night. And man, yo, well, my my issue is is flowers, right? So the entire flower card and chocolate industry, they like triple and quadruple prices, right? Because they think they've got you over the barrel, right? Well, I just refuse the barrel. Right. I refused. <laughs> I refused to be bent over, sir. <laughs> like cake or death like a uh, chicken right like, uh, I'm like, <laughs> nah, you can't you can't you can't uh, i'm not playing these games and and it's you know carrie carrie thought i was joking at first um she thought it right. would pass after a year or two she apparently didn't know me that well and um here we are in 2024 well and it's like i told her i said look if if you need me to to waste money on a weird day randomly that hallmark invented then like what are we doing like if you don't know that i love you then like what are we doing and so ever since then, she pretty much gave herself the green light to buy herself flowers. And I'm like, Boom. that's fine. You go to Sam's Club or whatever and buy some reasonably priced flowers for yourself. And I'm okay with that. Um, but um, I, buy I, I, I can't even buy Donnie flowers because she's uh, buying flowers. Let us flowers. know what you think in the comments section. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bring it. Hey, so let's talk about what, you know, the real story behind Valentine's Day, right? Uh Roman legionnaires weren't allowed to marry because the Romans wanted them to be lean and mean and not be thinking about families while they were off fighting. And the Women, church, the church, legs. The, they didn't want their soldiers, you know, doing married type things with women that they weren't married. So they were doing secret marriages, right. In the name of love, dude got found out and got murdered. Like that's, that's Valentine's day in a nutshell. So you want to celebrate the real Valentine's Day. You want to know why it's all about hearts and blood. It's red because of blood, not because of uh, uh, the color of roses. Well, I mean, we probably have a lot of uh, women that watch true crime documentaries and serial killer stuff. So they probably fantasize about their stupid husband getting murdered. And Valentine's Day is a perfect day for that because I'm sure he'll piss you Come off on. somehow. Roll, 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 them, roll them bones. <laughs> Let's do this. I didn't. I didn't know we were. I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, so I didn't. I didn't do any research. Well, you I did this. Research re this was my oppo research that I did on my own years ago to to, right, to yeah. validate my own point. So, <laughs> like, feel free to look it up. Y'all can fact check me. They're always, everybody's always fact checking Brian. Feel, feel feel free to fact check me on this. But uh, Valentine's Day is a farce. Cancelled. Joe's witnesses didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. Good. So. Another reason I like them J Dubs. <laughs> we just. <laughs> I'm with them all the way up until that whole Jesus part. Like that's the only thing I'm falling apart with. Other than I that, J Dub seemed to be doing pretty good. I do miss collecting all the little the little cards with superheroes and cartoon characters in, in school. 
Right. Or because you bring your whole class one. All the kids didn't get some from everybody. And then like they made you bring them for everybody because yeah. the little nerdy kids never, didn't get cards. They never made us do that. And I, I'd always like the girls I liked. I'd kind of analyze them like, okay, she she into me. I can I can test it from the handwriting on this Valentine. And uh, it was it was usually you, you are the dark knight. You were the greatest I had, detective. I had a pretty ever. reliable system. It always it, it, it I always figured out. Which which girls like me and which which didn't buy that system? I could usually tell which girls like me. It was That's the story I'm sticking with. Anyway. It's kind of like <laughs> like when you're playing heads up seven up, and your thumb gets picked, and you're like, clearly the girl that digs me, the like every time, and I always pick hers too. It's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I guess you win. <laughs> duck duck goose. Oh, I can't catch you. Even though I'm a boy and you're a girl, I'm way faster. Plus, I'm black. Like, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm catching you if I want to. Uh, all right. So, so, so uh, if you need, if you need to hit me up, you know, probably my DMs are open. <laughs> it's uh, Instagram <laughs> at Super Drain on this Valentine's Day. <laughs> Some nonsense. You tell me what a dick I am. That's fine. That's cool. Brian, what's people, up, man? The people listening aren't going to believe this, but none of this is scripted. <laughs> so, this is all. Just straight from the hip, from the heart. Uh, yeah, I don't have any. I didn't. I didn't have any. I'm not. Uh, I'm single at the moment, so I didn't do anything for that mm. for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I ran a bunch of errands for my daughter because she wasn't ready to throw her party. I had to. <laughs> Plus, you know, she has a she has a friend that uh, that is very Delani esque with the with the with the parties and the visions and the. This is how it's going to be. So, you know, it's it's probably one of the most elaborate Galentines that you'll you'll ever see. I'm sure if you if you hit Aubrey up on her Instagram, you can see the the vids and the, and the pictures of the of the setup. But she was a hostess at her own house, so there's a couple of times she's kind of like she's grown up and she's doing, you know, doing uh, grown up things, hosting parties. I'm sure her husband was just stuck with the baby upstairs, probably annoyed as hell. Um, probably should just come over or something. But right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I sorry, dog. Welcome to my family. <laughs> That's funny. All right. All right. So, so, uh, so Brian, Matt, where, where can they, where, where can people find you? Oh, I'm at the third helix.com. Cool. That's my blog. Um, yeah. What's up with you, Matt? <clears throat> I don't think a lot went on this week. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> so, in a couple of days, on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, my daughter will be running the CPAT. I don't know what it stands for. It's nice. the entrance exam for the fire department. Um, so she's a, she's trying to become a firefighter here in Oklahoma City. So she's been doing tons of conditioning and you know studying and prepping and all that kind of stuff. So um, we're kind of just waiting, hoping, pulling for that to get through. She's pretty stressed, you know, lot, lots riding on the next stage of her life kind of thing. <clears throat> Other than that, um. I don't think anything else is going on this week. Kind of a slow week. Um, getting ready for uh, next week, so we can uh, we'll be doing this show in a different format. We're gonna go see General Flynn and do some stuff locally, so that'll be exciting. Um, other than that, that's about it. So you guys f catch me at uh, at Matt Moore on X. So what are we talking about today, boys? Brian's gonna let everyone know if they're going to heaven. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll personally, just... individually. He's individually, one, one by one? That's one by one. <laughs> F, F in chat if you want to go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what does the Bible say about, about heaven and, and, uh, and people, you know, getting there? Well, let me put it this way. I like to, I like to preface it with this. Um, if you were to take somebody who is a total foreigner to our culture, never, never been to church, never watched a Looney Tunes cartoon where they saw, say an anvil fall on Sylvester the cat's head and watch his nine lives go up to heaven. Uh, if you didn't, if you just had no preconceptions, he got locked in a cell for a year with nothing to do, but read the Bible, which he did several times before he's released. When, by the time he got out of that cell, he would have no idea whatsoever about any concept of people dying and going to heaven as a disembodied spirit or soul. Um, that concept does not appear in the Bible in any form whatsoever. It's not, nobody is ever, nobody is ever described as going to heaven when they die. Um, it's never promised by God. It's never, it's never prayed for, hoped for, asked for. It's just not a concept on their radar at all. The Bible is about something else entirely differently, uh, something else entirely different. Um, however, if you have this idea in mind about dying and going to heaven, like the Bible is often described as, uh, basic instructions before leaving earth. Um, there's no shortage of passages that would seem to reinforce that if you already have that idea in mind. But again, you would never get that idea from those passages or from the Bible as a whole. You have to bring it with you. So, so let me push back on a couple of things, Brian. Um, one, you said nobody, Elijah and Enoch went to heaven ostensibly. Well, what I, what I actually said was nobody went to died heaven. and went to heaven. Nobody died and went to heaven as a Got disembodied it. spirit. Okay, that's fair. I think you said but nobody, a, but, but a few, I, but I a few people took some tours, right? Like, uh, like Paul in Second Corinthians. What was what was that outer body experience that he had there? Well, he said whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. But he says right. he went to the to the third heaven, and by the third heaven, like if you look at the way the the word heaven itself shows up in the Bible, roughly uh 680 to 780 times depending on the translation now the way i understand heaven like the there's uh the second heaven would be like right the the, the, the first the skies heaven, and the and the space and the stars and whatnot well, and third yeah, heaven the, is that is the, the, that, is the heaven, realm that where 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 god dwells right exactly okay. the, the first heaven would be the dome in the sky that right. in Genesis where it talks about how God placed a firmament over the those damn the, flat earthers, right? And in in Hebrew in Hebrew it's Shemaim, in Greek it's Uranos, <clears throat> where we get the 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 word Uranus. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I use the more Greek pronunciation Uranos to avoid that, but the, um, to avoid. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Good old Neil but, says it's 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 Uranus. You sure. Um, <laughs> you yearn the, in the Uranus. So the first heaven is the is the firmament. The second heaven are the sun, moon, and stars that are that are believed to have been affixed to it. And then, as as Dre said, the third heaven is beyond that, where is the dwelling place of God. 
and you kind of have the same concept in the old testament where like in isaiah 6 where it says he uh, he had a vision where he saw he saw the lord seated on his throne um and there the 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 seraphim with six wings were there shouting crying holy 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 um that's a vision of god on his throne in heaven ezekiel has the same thing in chapter one where he has the vision of god's throne um and then the the prophet micaiah when uh in second kings and uh second chronicles where uh maybe it's first kings anyway it's where ahab king ahab of israel and king jehoshaphat of judah are deciding whether to go to war against ramoth gilead and uh they call for the prophets to tell them whether they go or not and micaiah the, the 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 only faithful prophet of the lord has this vision of god sitting on his throne um with the with the angels to his right and to his left and they're deciding what to do in order to send a right. so so there's die. tons of examples of people having visions of what that third heaven is right why it if if that's a thing and and that's a place where god dwells and the and the goal of us is to be with god why why would we not go there when we die well that's an interesting question, but it but it's a question that they never. That interestingly, they never thought to ask in the Bible, which okay. it, it's interesting that they did have these visions of God and the angels in heaven that the prophets related, and Paul mentioned that. Yet nobody had any idea that they would go there. Instead, the the picture that you get from the prophets is of heaven coming here of the kingdom of God coming to earth. And it's right there in the Lord's prayer where he says, uh, father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we have this idea that we project on the scriptures. So we always, we always somehow assume that your kingdom come means to your kingdom we go. And when Jesus is pictured, uh, in the gospels where it talks about Jesus going around preaching the good news, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news. People always think, Oh, he's telling people how to go to heaven. Um, but he's not, you have to bring that idea with you. Um, and, uh, also in like in first Corinthians 15, He's rebuking them. He he talked. He reiterates the gospel. It's about how Jesus was raised from the dead, and he appeared to Cephas, then the twelve, then the five hundred, then James and all the apostles. Last of all, to Paul. Whether then it was I or they, this is what he preached. This is what you believed. Then he goes on to say, "But if it, if it, if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile." Your faith is futile. You are you are still in your sins. Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Um, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God because we testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead, but He did not raise Christ from the dead. If in fact the dead are not raised, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied above all men. So, He's talking about the and the the whole point of that is that uh, the prophets didn't say anything about people dying and going to heaven as disembodied spirits. They talked about the general resurrection of the dead at the end of this stage of history when the Messiah comes to reign on earth. Um, 
Jesus being raised from the dead is the proof and promise from God of our own resurrection. That's the hope of Christianity. What's interesting, and, and ironically, people often quote that passage, well, that verse in particular, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied above all men. When he's making the argument for the resurrection, they take that to mean, oh, if only for this life, which means we go to heaven. But notice what Paul didn't say. He didn't say, if the dead are not raised, at least we have that afterlife in heaven to look forward to. No, it's the resurrection or nothing. There's no other option. Like that is the hope. If that hope isn't real, if there's no bodily, physical bodily resurrection from the dead, as we saw in Christ, then there's no hope offered in Christianity. But he, but this, doesn't Paul also talk about receiving a new body? Sure, right. Yeah, you but... shed you shed that body because because corpses aren't coming back, right? It's not the zombie apocalypse. It's not people that were cut in pieces or burned to death or in the bottom of the sea that are going to come back and it's going to be a big. The big death, ugly, weird shit coming up out of the sea, right? You're you're receiving a body. So why why is the notion of heaven any different than than being you know what why why is that why is that the sticky point? Why is resurrection the the point that says we're not going to heaven? Well, first of all, he in that path in that chapter he he again he he recites a creed that is not that that's an early Christian creed. Uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was okay. buried, right? And he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to to Cephas, then to the twelve. The right. body that was buried is the one that was raised. The tomb was empty. He didn't he didn't abandon that body and get an entirely new one. So so we're that, we're doing that too. That's that's the point. Yeah, that's the why. Okay, so we're gonna get our zombie bodies. Why would they be zombie because, bodies? Because Christ's body wasn't decayed, right? It was it was within three days, right? So, how how is how is that the same body? God is able to reconstitute them, um, and it it's not what is what is. Uh, so, if it's reconstituted, is it really the same body? Um, because well, Paul a, says a... specifically that you shed that body and you get well, your celestial body. Well, the the prophets in Ezekiel thirty seven, there it's a it's a very graphic um, picture that's painted. Uh, the, Ezekiel is shown a valley full of dry bones, and he's asked right. by, by God, "Can uh, son of man can these bones live?" And he says, "You know, Lord." And then he says, "Command these bones to to come alive." And it's described in terms of bones bones coming to to bone and ligaments connecting the bones and sinews and muscles coming up being reconstituted in skin and maybe some dope ass cgi for a film huh yeah it's probably been yeah. done it'd and be like the opposite of uh indiana jones and the uh, lost ark <laughs> yeah or no not um, lost ark the other one the uh raiders, lost ark. no it's raiders of lost ark when the no, other face melts the nazi melts no i'm thinking of the other one the last oh, crusade yeah. when the, the when last the crusade because he ages fast. like super fast. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he turns right. into dust, right? So he'd go right, backwards yeah. from dust. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it, I mean, you know, if God can raise the dead, period, He can, He can create a universe out of nothing. Um, if He can call things in, back into life that were dead, um, which is what Christ's resurrection demonstrated, then He can raise. I mean, there, it, it, it's not, it's not. It, there's it's not the same in the sense of 
the substance, but there there is definitely a continuation. And uh, Daniel point, says that uh, I, I think the way I understood it is it's I mean, I, Dre, I think you're you're pulling on a literal string, right? But I think right. it's it's the sense is that it will be your body. It will just be a re-imaged, perfect version of what your body was, right? So, like if you were you know, had a bad shoulder or had a stroke or okay, yeah, you know, I, whatever, that stuff's going to be restored, but it's still going to be recognizable as your body in some capacity. And yeah. we're all just going to live here on earth. That's, that's the, that's what the, that's what the Bible are, says. Then why are we judging angels when it's not their dwelling place? Cause they were the, they're the divine council who have, who have been uh, less than divine to, who have been ruling affairs on earth and we we overtake them we 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 replace them as the new divine council um i mean they're they're active in the affairs of this world and we're going to judge them by what they mm. what they've done in this world and the language regarding the the resurrection body also the the other big passage from the old testament is uh daniel chapter 12 where he says uh multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will arise some to some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, those who made many wise, who made many wise, will shine like the stars in heaven forever and ever. Um, but the point is, like the the part I'm emphasizing is those multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth, like people who have been dead and buried, right. they're going to rise from the earth. The language that Paul uses in First Corinthians to talk about the resurrection, the body that's buried is like a seed. The body that's raised is what the seed grows into. Um, it will be raised imperishable. It's he says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Um, but what he means is mere flesh and blood, because we see that in the case of Jesus, his flesh and blood were raised, but they were they were glorified, they were translated into a new mode of life that is that transcends the former mode of life. But um but yeah, we we is have... there a is there a holding cell until that happens? Holding is there a cell. is there a is there a spot beyond? Is does this like, like consciousness a or something? Does does consciousness have to exist in your body, in your brain? Do is is there? Do you have? I don't know, for lack of a better term, a soul. Uh, well, if you look at what I mean, that's kind of a loaded term, soul. Well, that's why I said for lack of a better term, and I tried to, and I awkwardly yeah. described and, it before. Yeah, and I don't say that. I don't say that to criticize or push back against you. But when we, when we talk about the soul, well, that's why I was careful when I when I said it because I know what what that connotation means to people. Right, and I'm addressing that connotation. So go I'm ahead, not, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not trying to argue with you. I, 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 I recognize how careful you were with the wording. I appreciate that. Um, but to the listener who thinks soul, we think of this kind of light, this life force that. And not the music that came out of like Detroit or anything. That's something right. completely different. Is it though? Uh, th that might be a whole show, right? Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, or, or in Memphis or, you know, New Orleans. The, so, the soul. When you read the Bible, the word soul shows up a lot. Um, in the Old Testament, it, it's a tra it's translation of the Hebrew word nephesh. In the New Testament, it's a translation of the Greek word psyche, um, both of which mean like life or self or uh, 
any kind of any kind of life form. Um, when it talks about how uh, that when God formed Adam out of the dust of the, out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils, he became a living nefesh, a living soul, a living being. When it talks about the uh, the animals that were created on the sixth day, um, they're all referred to as living nef living nefeshim. Um, there's even a part in Leviticus where a corpse is called a dead nefesh. So a, a nefesh isn't necessarily this this consciousness that survives the death of the body. It just means a, it means a meat suit. It just means a life. <laughs> period. Ew. And they're meat whatever. sacks. And the word translated spirit is uh, pneuma in Greek and uh, ruach in, uh, in Hebrew, both of which just mean breath or wind simultaneously. And you, a, a debate could be had over whether spirit is even thought of as a different word in, in Hebrew and Greek um, or whether we just bring that idea to us. In Greco-Roman mythology and in Gnosticism in particular, they had kind of a uh, they had a much stricter dichotomy between between flesh and spirit, matter and spirit. And in Gnosticism in particular, um, they thought that matter was was evil, flesh was was intrinsically evil, and that salvation came in the term came in the form of you get you get the secret gnosis that redeemed your soul and then your soul escapes from the prison of the body when you die and is rejoined to god um and that's where we get all this idea about going to heaven when we die in in greek mythology there's all kinds of stories about uh you know heroes descending to the underworld and and encountering the shades of their dead loved ones in hades um that's in the uh that's in the odyssey it's in the aeneid um and so that like that was a common idea in Greco-Roman thought is spirits uh, surviving the death of the body and going to this other world. You don't really find that in the Bible. There, there are certain passages that the closest we get Sheol, right? Yeah. Well, Sheol is in the ancient Near East, Sheol was pretty much the same concept. It was it was the underworld where mm -hmm. where the dead descended and you find this you find the same word in the bible but if you read it carefully it doesn't really it's like they're kind of invoking the concept but they're not really affirming the the common sense of it like if you read um um ecclesiastes uh i don't remember the exact verse but it's i promise it's in there um the living know that they were die but the dead know nothing um in well, the reason Psalm. I bring up so the reason I bring up Sheol is it, it's it's the 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 thing that got my attention with regards to the um, the Apostolic Creed, right? Right. Is that because it says in the the Apostles' Creed that you know when Christ died on the third day he went to Sheol, and um, I, that's that's always been I don't want to say problematic or troublesome, but it's been a point of interest to me. Right, because it, it it means something to say that, and I don't know exactly what the inference or the intention is behind reciting that as as a creed. Well, and I I, I do think that is an interesting point, but a couple more verse verses from the Old Testament uh, that talk about Sheol, uh, Psalm six, turn Lord and deliver me, save me because of your unfailing love among the dead, 
no one proclaims your name, who praises you from Sheol. If you just look at all the ways that term is used, it, it's used in kind of a poetic sense. In Isaiah, it talks about the the refame and the the dead who go down to to Sheol and are stirred at the coming of this 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 powerful figure who's being sent there. But it's it, but there's no sense that humans are going down there and having experiences. In fact, every time it's mentioned, oblivion is is the description. The living know that they were die, but the dead know nothing. In 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 Sheol, no one praises your name. It's just darkness and nothingness, and like they're not having conscious experiences. If you just kind of take every mention of that from the Bible, um, regarding the Nicene Creed, um, yeah, a lot of the, the early versions say that when he he uh, you know he he was crucified, dead and buried, descended into hell, raised again on the third day. A lot of churches today don't uh, don't include that part. Uh, they take that part out because it's it is problematic because it doesn't actually say that in the Bible. There there's a passage in First uh, um, Peter. Right? It's it's known. It's there's a tradition known as the harrowing of hell, where it's said that Jesus went down into the underworld to preach to the spirits who were that who were to the to the dead who were there to teach preach the gospel to them and then and then before he was resurrected i think we had a look at that passage actually because i think we've talked uh, about that once because I, I brought this up a, a while back and that seems on odd. the podcast i, I don't do it on the podcast i don't remember if it was or not but it that that whole thing just seems odd to me of jesus going down and preaching to the dead because one on one hand like you said they don't have an experience they're not they're not experiencing anything right so what is he preaching to on the other thing it just sounds like he's yamming on him, right? He's taunting them. He's like, should have listened, but you wish you had <laughs> yeah. now, right? Because it's yeah, also, which... you know, there's, there's a lot of statements that are really clear that there's no recovery from that point, right? So it's like, unless there was an opportunity for those souls, those spirits, those, those dead to be renewed or reborn or, or, you know, reclaimed, redeemed, yeah. it seems like an odd thing to have happen. Yeah. And it's not like, somebody's going to be in hell and then Jesus is going to come and uh, preach to them. And they're going to be like, nah, get out of here with that. I'm, I'm going to stay here. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that does the, that picture is, it appears first in the book of Enoch. Um, Enoch is like, he goes down to, um, right. <clears throat> he goes down to preach to the, he, basically the the fallen Wait. watchers so it's like the, the nicene creed is like we're gonna acknowledge enoch well because it doesn't say that anywhere else so we're just gonna go well, ahead and we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves we're getting ahead of ourselves though it's still fun and, yeah <laughs> i mean the nicene creed was quite a few centuries after they stopped paying any attention to first enoch and probably they didn't have any copies outside of ethiopia but um but he, so Enoch Ethiopia is on, came came to the came to the council, didn't they? I would assume they had bishops too, right? Uh I don't know if they're specifically mentioned, but uh I never I never saw the roll call. Is there a guest list? Right. I want to see this. <laughs> Did they list. have a sign in? <laughs> they had a sign in sheet. <laughs> Saint Nick, leave the club. What are you doing? Like you can't... 
I, I don't need he, clubs. I'll beat this dude's ass with my bare hands. I think there's there are numbers listed, but I don't think it's just like a roll call. There's a couple of names that are listed as like the important names that were there right, kind of thing. Right. But I've never seen a, a by like, name list. Like the Bishop of Rome didn't go. He sent some deacons. But um, but so in the book of Enoch, Enoch is the, the watchers who were cast into the abyss for the Mount Hermon incident. They kind of call the Enoch and ask him to go you know, plead with God on their behalf to, to let him out of there. And so he, he prays and that's, he, he gets his, he's, he's taken up into heaven and he has his vision and uh, the archangels basically tell him, no, go tell those guys that they are, they're screwed. They're just, they're, they're, they're going to get what's coming to them. And so Enoch goes back down to Sheol and he tells them like, sorry, I, did my best you guys are <laughs> guys are here for the for till judgment day sorry that's why um, when you send a human to do a damn watcher's work <laughs> blows <so> it <laughs> the past the passage in second peter um for if god did not spare angels now that's not the one i'm talking about um it's the one about okay i'm in the wrong book my bad bear with me everybody i apologize I didn't, uh, we don't script this. It's all as we, uh, you know, off the top of our heads. We just lost like three subscribers right there. Like, oh, they're (laughs) they're not even prepared. I'm out. Um, What do you mean they don't script it? Everyone scripts it. So, so while he's looking that up, so we, we, we hit some earlier things that were interesting um, and I'm just going to lob some more thoughts out here to keep the, the conversation going. But I know, Brian, while you're looking, that people that would be of the pro-disembodied heaven variety would immediately jump to books, to verses like John 14, 2, 14, 3, um, as kind of their, one of their big ahas, right? And it, uh-huh. for those that don't know those verses, it's essentially um, the, the verse, people, a lot of people know Jesus says, uh, I tell you, my father's house has many mansions, Right, I would I would tell you if this was if this weren't the case, and then the other one, John fourteen three, is when he says, "I go to prepare a place for you," right? And and most people infer in both of those verses that the reference of the many mansions is reference to our places in heaven down the the, the golden streets and you know the the diamond lined whatevers. Um, and then his comment about, you know, preparing a place for you, that that's what he's referencing as he's saying, I, I'll, I'll be back. Cause I got to go finish. I got to oversee construction yeah. while we're building, yeah. while we're building your houses. Right. Like that's, in, that's, in, that's in Hebrews. They say heaven will be a city built for worship. Uh, revelations has lots of descriptions of, of heaven. Well, well, in fairness of revelations, it's just descriptions, right? It doesn't say anything about us being there. It just talks about it. It's more, it's more illustrative than it is predictive well, right we should heaven think, will be filled with peace and joy and praise oh i mean where, where are you reading that from uh revelation 7 15 through 17 um we should take these in turn like one at a yeah, time yeah no i was just throwing, no, yeah, out, we, I was just throwing yeah. out things so while like, you were yeah. looking up your your verse i wasn't trying to i wasn't i wasn't uh you know segueing the show just making okay. that throwing out the obvious softballs right like these are the, the these are the things that people are going to say yeah. but it says this it says that and you know yeah. what else could it mean and the and the last one is luke 23 43 which we've talked right. about a handful of times here for different purposes but that was when christ was on the cross and he's speaking to the other his fellow crucified members and he says 
surely to, or today you will be with me in paradise. Right. Yeah. So those, those, I feel like those are the, the biggest low hanging fruit when it comes to disembodied heaven. And there's also the, uh, second Corinthians five verse about, uh, being away from the body and at home with the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. which, uh, by the way, I have a blog where I cover all of these. Um, we'll link <laughs> it in the you? description. All right. Yeah. You did, did right. you know that? Yeah. So, um, but we're going to talk about it here too. Um, but I, but just, we're going to cover all that, but I also, I don't want to end this before we talk about what Christianity actually is. You know, after we go through what it's not, I want to talk about what it is. Some of that we're going to cover in, in addressing these passages, but the big thing that we're, we're missing, uh, we need to home in on that as that's, that's more important than even knocking down what it's not. But, uh, the the passage I was looking for was First Peter three. Ah, sorry, computer problems. We're professional. You say you're having a Peter problem. <laughs> First Peter three. We got a blue pill for uh, Verse uh, eighteen and on. For Christ also suffered once for once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So it's important to home in on that. There's this dichotomy here, put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Clearly, that's he's talking about the resurrection. That's that's always what's in view when they talk about Christ being made alive after he being put to death. So he, so that's important to consider. 19, verse 19, after being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirit. He, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved through water. And in this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Um, I take that to mean that he... And I, I, I didn't pick the best translation there. Um, check your translations at home, and you'll you'll find that it's a little, it, it's it's a little iffy how that one was. I take that to mean that he, it, it the same, the same spirit who raised Jesus is the spirit who preached to the to the spirits now imprisoned, um, who were died during the days of Noah. Meaning that the spirit who preached through Noah is the same spirit who raised Jesus. Um, if it's talk, it, it just doesn't make any sense according to the logic of the passage that he was raised from the, in the spirit while he was dead, he went and preached to the spirits in prison because that's not this, this just not, that's not the sense of what it means to be made alive by the spirit. It's clearly talking about resurrection. Um, so it, it's kind of a clumsily translated passage some translations have it better, but you'll you can see that yourself when you when you check it. But um what was the verse again? First Peter 13, 18, 3, 18? Yeah. Um so um and it's also worth pointing out that when he told the thief on the cross, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. 
if Jesus descended into hell between his death and resurrection in order to preach to the condemned spirits, um, well, then he wasn't with the thief and the thief on the cross in heaven that day. He was in hell. Um, so if we read it that way, that would be that's, a contradiction. You know, that's an interesting point. I actually hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, is it a day trip? Like, where he spent 24 <laughs> hours in hell? Like, hold on. A what does today hour mean? To Jesus, when he's talking about going to paradise. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that debunks anything at well, all. Like, well, hang on. It, it kind of, it, it, it's interesting though. I, I, the point, I actually, it, it does to me. It's a little bit different. So if he's, if he's, if he's telling the thief, "Hey, we're going to be in paradise today," and then we interpret that to mean heaven as a disembodied spirit, Jesus didn't yeah. go to heaven that day. So he clearly was speaking either metaphorically or in some kind of. I mean, again, we've talked about this before. Christ was oftentimes not speaking in the most linearly plain language possible. So, right? so, so when you say with me, I mean, we, we talk about Jesus as if he's three distinct personages, right? Mm -hmm. As so, so when he said, when you say you're with me, I mean, would he have had to say, you'll be with the father in paradise no, and not no. with so, me? So, so I mean, and that's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. So, so you're telling me that he can raise all these bones and he can and he can put all this flesh back together but he can't be everywhere all the time at once he he couldn't for the purposes of what he was doing is that is that I, I understand it right like i don't, I don't so, know about that I, and that's that's fine yeah, like, i mean yeah we're, we're clearly in an interpretation space where there is sure. no 100 locked this is okay. the answer right like so i'm going to jump ahead real quick for purposes okay. of of clarifying this and we can circle back around brian sure. but Dre asked the question, is there a holding room? Is there a waiting room, a lobby, purgatory, shield, whatever, right? And and we haven't said soul sleep yet, but that's what I think, right? And we can talk about later as we get to this, because this show is going to wind around and this may be a multi-part show. Let's find out. Um, but I believe in the concept of soul sleep. And then I'll jump to the, I'll jump forward to jump back. And soul sleep is simply put, lights go out, zero sensory experience there's nothing going on there's no consciousness until christ return right at which point everybody who had died in christ wakes up to anybody that that happens to it's going to feel like today when it happens so i think christ was basically explaining the concept of soul sleep basically he didn't have time or the energy bluntly the man's being crucified he can't breathe his lungs are being distended he's probably pooling fluids in his lungs, all kinds of, he's dehydrated. Yeah, There's all kinds of stuff going on. He, he was to a, economize your words. In the, right. He was in bad stuff. shape. He can't be like, all right, bro, listen, I got to tell, tell you a long story. You know, he didn't have that kind of physical ability, hey, right? Get your quill out. I'm talking right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think he was just like, bro, look, you're good. I'll see you soon. <clears throat> Trust me, this is going to be quick. And to him, it will be because he's still in soul sleep. So that's so my, with, that's with my you, spoiler. With you saying that, this just popped into my head. So that's, that's our concept of time and space. Mm -hmm. He wasn't speaking in his time and space. Well, but but I'm but I'm but I'm saying how how do we know that hasn't already happened? Right? Just, because God stands outside of time and space, right? So the soul sleep, maybe there isn't because 
we're on our timeline and there's a there's another I, that's multi who, i don't know right who, but who, who knows if there's some sequential time phasing and god's <laughs> using like like time right. multiplexing to get all the souls where they need like who who knows what's really going on right um it's nerd, nerd alert by the way if anybody doesn't know what multiplexing is uh gunny uh, uh, Gunny Bundy, there you go. Like you could get a little nod to <laughs> there. And if you don't know what multiplexing is, you freaking boot. Go talk to Andre later on, and he'll explain it to you. For for the people at home, a boot is like a brand new marine who is basically a dork who doesn't know anything. They use it a lot in the rookie, the show that I'm watching recently. I know it came out. Boot, boot, boot. Because because <laughs> boot. What are you talking about? Because Nathan Fillion is Canadian. <laughs> Son of a, actually, with, like with half his, with his beady eyes and his floppy head, floppy little heads. <laughs> so he's uh, gonna go on strike if you keep pushing. It. <laughs> but anyway, Dre, that's that's my sure. like quick way to wrap up that one specific situation, right? Okay. And I think it makes for me, like for for my head canon and my internal theology, it makes a whole lot of sense, and it makes the problem fade away, which is part of what we're looking for here, right. Is to make these right. things make sense that are, that are weird and hard to, hard to parse. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I, I could say a lot about that, but it's actually in my blog. I, I addressed those very questions. Dope. And, uh, so I'm, I'm the third helix.com. Yeah. We'll, so, we'll put, we'll put the specific blog in the description, but, um, so, so when, when Paul's talking in, uh, second Corinthians, is it 12, 12, two, when he talks about seeing the third heaven, is that a, is that an NDE from when he was stoned at uh, at Lystra? I mean, he it's he, a, it's a little it's a little, it's a Bible fan theory. Clarification. A, hang on, two clarifications. NDE means near de death experience, and Dre means stoned in the biblical sense, not in the marijuana sense. Just clarifying everything. Correct. Right, Thank you. Thank you for that. Like, Wait, Paul got stoned? What? <laughs> yeah, you heard it here. Paul just lit Paul it up. Like, <laughs> no wonder Paul, he made it to the third heaven. Paul was, Paul was a pothead, and he went to heaven in a, in a That's pot That's why we should make it legal, man. Saying. The great apostle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to answer your question, Paul is... Uh, I don't think the math works out, but... He's extremely sparse on details about that, but it fits pretty neatly into the, the precedent that we've already talked about of prophets having visions of God on his throne in heaven where they're, you know, they don't, they don't go into detail about whether they are, they are, you know, when, when Isaiah saw his vision in chapter six of the Lord seated on his throne, was he physically bodily transported or did he, was it just happening inside of his own, Actually, to, to support what you've been saying for the last hour, it's interesting to me, all the people that have the visions of heaven, and I, there's 10 uh, uh, descriptions of heaven just off the top of, you know, anything you look up. They never say they see someone else, right? It would be different if Isaiah or, you know, Paul said, you know, when, when I saw him sitting on the throne, and then I saw... My aunt Hit Marge, and I and saw my neighbor. She she was chilling there, and then I saw my dog Duchess. I missed that dog, right? That's an interesting the, point. None they, of that Moses said. Moses was waving at me. <laughs> Moses is like, dog, I told you, right? But and but no, they do talk about angels and seeing God and right. seeing Jesus. Never talk about other. It's interesting. So if 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 people did die and go to heaven, and people actually got a vision of heaven, 
why didn't they see their ancestors before them? Because well, they were is, all they were all heretics. I mean, you know that that's a possibility. It's a possibility, except for Enoch and and and, and Elijah. That's, right now, what if they said, "Hey, so I went to heaven and I saw two dudes walking around. They were old as hell, and then I saw and then I saw Jesus." It'd be like, "Yo, you were really in heaven, right? Man, there's nobody there. Like, what's going on there?" Yeah. So. uh did we leave anything out from Ryan to... doesn't know what to do with that? I got so I got one other thing that, that so, do we want to tackle to heaven. John 14? We can. Or yeah. Yeah, but real quick, one other verse I want to toss just to put it on the table, right? Is Revelation 21. Okay. And this one's interesting, right? So Revelation 21, 1. I'm not gonna read even read it. It simply says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and earth had ceased to exist. And the sea existed no more. Right. And it goes on and says other things. But I think that's super important to put on the in the conversation as well. I know that the the sea reference has to do with that whole primeval the what, firmament, the, water, the, the, the dark the waters and all of that. Right. So there's something there that's more theological than it is geological right with regards to the water not being there but yeah. it, the, the whole new heaven and new earth is really interesting right well let me new, explain that let me explain that that's that's fine i was gonna but i was always gonna say is the new earth is easy to understand because anybody that talks about the, the edenic redemption the earth is going to be remade perfectly but it's yeah. the heaven part that's really odd to me because that's the first that's the only verse i'm aware of that talks about heaven being recast or rebuilt are you are you saying that only jesus can fix climate change i mean, I mean he's the only one who can teach you a curveball he so, can hit a curveball yeah. if he can hit a curveball he can do climate change <laughs> that's right jesus and the un um yeah so that verse revelation 21 um it's important to point out he's re, he's kind of re echoing the language of Genesis one, which mm -hmm. uh, Genesis one is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the now the earth was formless and empty. Uh, Hebrew is tohu and bohu without without shape with, or without substance. Um, and the. Um, Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the deep, and um, there was just endless water in the the primeval conception. This that verse bookends, and this is it's weird that the as Frank Turek likes to say all the time, and I wholeheartedly agree, there are no verses in the Bible. Like the chapter and verses verse divisions are we, entirely, we invented that. Yeah, that's entirely artificial. That's not how the original readers saw it, and it's weird to me that they divide. Genesis one and two, where they do, because you get the first six you days get two of, creation stories. I'm not sure that's debatable, but that's not what I'm getting at here. The, you get um, you get days one through six in Genesis chapter one, and then Genesis chapter two, it reads, "Thus the heavens and the earth were created in their vast array." So, a lot of people read Genesis one to meet to be one event. God created the heavens and the earth. And then day one is another event that follows after that. That's not what the text is saying. The bookends of Genesis 1, 1 and 2, 1 kind of they summarize what's in between. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
thus the heavens and the earth were created in their vast array. So those six days of creation are what are being talked about by the creation of the heavens and the earth. And you have God creates time on day one by separating light from darkness, creates space on day two by separating the waters above from the waters below, creates the earth on day three by separating the dry land from the waters below. And then he, he kind of creates these realms or these functions, and then he fills the realms or provides the functionaries on days four through six, creates time on day one, creates the clockwork of the heavens on day three, creates the creates space on day two, fills the space on day uh, four, creates earth on day three, fills the earth with life on day six, and then does the heaven and the earth were created in their vast array. And then you have the Sabbath day when God rested because he's done and he's and he's kind of settling into creation as his temple. So that's that's the picture you get. In Revelation 1, he's kind of repeating that. It's 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 kind of a recapitulation of Genesis 1 through 2, 1, 1 through 2, 1. When he when he says he there's a it, it sound ba based on the English translation, it sounds like he destroys the heavens and the earth and then recreates from scratch a new heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. That's not what the that's not what the Greek says. In in Greek, there are there are two different words for new. There's neo, which speaks to, of newness in time, like a brand new late, like current model car right off the factory floor is a neo car. There's another, the other word for new is kanos, which means new in quality, new in, new in condition, like a, like a, a 1967 Shelby Mustang restored to its original pristine condition, but with satellite XM radio and, uh, you know, anti-lock brakes and all the modern bells and whistles, that's a Kanos car. It's not a Neo car. Um, and you see this, you see this in the, when Jesus talks about new wine being put into new wine skins, he says it's Neo wine. The wine is freshly squeezed and fermented and it's, it's, it's the wine is new in time, put into new wineskins and he says Kanos wineskins because the the it's the condition that's in that's in view um it doesn't matter how long ago the wineskins were made what matters is that they haven't been used yet so they're not dried up or leaky or or prone to burst in revelation 21 when he says he will create a new heavens and a new earth it's came it's a Kanos heaven and a Kanos earth I don't, um, I don't, so, I don't, I'm not following what you're trying to say. So, cause I'm, if, I'm, I'm, so hang on. I'm, I'm looking at Strong's okay. and I, and I looked up Kanos cause I'm trying to follow along with you. Um, okay. and it, the, the usage, the definition is new slash fresh for Kanos. Right. And, and as usage, it means fresh, new, unused novel. Right. And you're, and you're, you're juxtaposing that to what word? Neo. Like like Keanu Reeves from The Matrix, right, right, right. Um, like you neo Nazi fascist, you neo commie. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not, you're. It's not like old communism or Nazism just restored. You're like the new version of that. It's like yeah, a, so. This says so. This says for neos the usage is. It says definition is a new moon, which I don't know what that means, but it says young, youthful. But then it also says new and fresh, and and you're right. They are specifically making reference. I see about the they put new, they put wine new into wineskins. 
I mean, so I, I'm, I mean, I'm following, but they also mention Kanos. But I don't, I don't know that in different when, translations. It's almost like those two words get in, get get used interchangeably. So Matt, did you did you when you when you read that that scripture in Revelation, did you were you meaning that that the Earth I, would just disappear I, and he'd have a brand new one, or I mean, did he, it would I mean, just be it, restored? I, I to be honest, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that part of it. Right, like I wasn't, I wasn't. Or was that Brian impressed. just saying like, "Hey, I get it," but just so no one's confused? I think that's what it, it was. Yeah, but it, now like, I, have, yeah. I just I, I had not, I have more questions. God isn't was, blowing up the heavens and the earth and just as creating new to, ones out of scrap out of scratch. He's he's restoring right, right. the heavens it, and the earth, and, and and it doesn't matter to me which way, right? It doesn't matter if it's right. a, if it's an eros or a or a neos or a, a, a kanos new. My point was. The concept the of the earth being reborn is familiar to me. The concept of heaven being redone was new okay. to me. That was the only point that I was making. Well, but, in that. but my point is it's not that it's not that heaven as this, you know, the afterlife is being you're getting that there's a new afterlife. It's talking about it specifically in terms of creation itself. No, I, it's it's speaking being, about it as a noun heaven, not a not a not a state of being. It's saying both the earth and heaven are being redone the, because the old is is gone. And whether the it third means, heaven where God dwells, whether right? it, whether it means the old is gone away because it's no longer needed, it's it's obsolete, or a big nuclear bomb went off and blew everybody up. Like whatever the reason is, is is irrelevant to me. Or I'm Nibiru came out. into the orbit and <laughs> another simply, cataclysm. I'm simply pointing out that I've I had never before seen any verse that mentioned he a new heaven. That's all I'm saying. Like that's yeah. I don't I'm not well, trying to read any more into it than that. I simply pointed out that's that was that was right. A, well, that's actually quoting Isaiah, where it, it he says that uh, he'll create a new heavens and a new earth. Um, but my my point is that when when you read Genesis uh, Genesis one through two one, it's not talking about heaven in the sense that we commonly think it's the heavens and the earth meaning the sun moon and stars and the earth which is the first um, and second heaven right um right. so when it talks about so in genesis 21 so there's this idea that like people read that and they they again they bring this idea of going to heaven when they die as a disembodied spirit to the to the text and that's not that's really not what's going on um you'll notice that like the new jerusalem which is the city where god dwells that comes down out of heaven to earth like the entire the the whole picture of it is the renewal and restoration of this earth like it's not we don't abandon this world to go off to another world it's about saving this world and christians will often talk about um uh problems on in this world solving them as if we're you're just polishing the brass on the titanic because we're all going to abandon it and go off to uh, escape to some other world anyway so what does it matter that's that's totally unbiblical what what the bible actually what christianity what the gospel is about it is about the salvation of this world mm -hmm. if you're not and it's right there in the lord's prayer um our Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, this idea about dying and going off to some other world, well, that's a that's a different religion. That's not Christianity. Um, 
we're so preoccupied with individual salvation as disembodied spirits that we kind of miss the main thing that the Bible is really about. And that's a big part of why the church is, is collectively functionally apostate today. Um, we, you know, we're not, we're not thinking in terms that the, that Jesus had in mind when he, when he himself was preaching the gospel. Um, and in Acts uh, three, if I recommend everybody like go through the book of Acts and just read all of the sermons that appear there. I mean, the whole thing is worth reading, of course, but just to kind of get a get a sense of what the early Christian message was, read those sermons and look at the things that they're promising. Look at look at what they're holding out as the hope. They don't talk about anybody. Hey, if you you know believe that Jesus is the Messiah, so you can go to heaven when you die. It's it is all about heaven coming here. And in Acts three, they specifically mention. Uh, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. And the point is like he's there in heaven for now until his enemies have been made footstools under his feet. The last enemy to be, to be destroyed is death. Um, Part of that is him coming and reigning here on earth to arbitrate between the nations, to 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 repay everyone according to what has been done. And, uh, you know, salvation is getting to take part in that kingdom here on this planet. Um, and so. Uh, you guys, I mean, there's a, there's a ton more I could say about that. Um, you guys want to tackle John 14? Sure. And by the um, way, I, I think maybe I understand the Kanos versus Neo thing. Um, and I think you said it, but I just wanted to restate it because it kind of blew, it kind of went over my head to start with for anybody that cares. Um, Kanos means fresh more so than new in the sense of unused, but it doesn't have to do with years. So a way to describe it would be a brand new car that's a 2024 model would be neo you could have an old car that was what car guys would call a barn find where the car had just been sitting and hadn't been had like 200 miles on the odometer it would be kanos it wouldn't be neo but like a new invention could be considered fresh and new so you could have like a new type of car like a hybrid with you know, a new type of transmission that could be both because it would be fresh in the sense of hadn't been done before, but also as new as in just been built. So it can be both or it can be one or the other, to be honest, what in either of those words and the, the splitting of the hairs means in relation to revelation 21, I'm not sure how it would matter to the reading of it, unless somebody was just hell bent on deciding that heaven gets blown up. I don't know. But well, to be honest, it actually is odder that it's Kanos versus Neo. Now that I'm well, now that I'm understanding the word differential, because you're right, the, the Greek does say Kanos. I I just looked at the interlinear. Yeah. So it says it's a Kanos heaven, which makes it sound like heaven hasn't been used, which is really weird. Well, that's even weirder. Because there's, to be there's only two dudes there. <laughs> right? Four. 
Right. God and Jesus and 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 Enoch and 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 you want to watch the game. The reason I bring the reason I the reason I bring it up is that often when I have these discussions with people and I explain how like this dying and going to heaven idea is not in the Bible. It's it's about the renewal and restoration of this earth, of the of this creation. People often bring up Revelation 21 to say, aha, see here, here it says this 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 earth isn't destroyed i mean it's not restored and renewed to its edenic state it's destroyed um and then and then heaven and then there's a new heaven and that's where we live and then i challenge them no read more closely it's a new heaven and a new earth in the sense of the restoration of what's being described in genesis one it's it's a it's an echoing and recapitulation of that language and the actual greek is kanos not neo so it, it is the restoration and renewal of this world. And I know that the, the language says, you know, for the old heaven and earth has has passed away. You find similar language in Second Peter 3, where he talks about the flood, um, how uh, the, the, the world was destroyed, was created out of water and dis destroyed by water. Um, but nobody reading Genesis one, if, to be to be to be fair and honest, if they're reading it correctly, it does it does. If you if you unpackage the cultural language, it does read like a kind of a a, a re, hitting of the rewind on the Big Bang, mm -hmm. and doing the Big Bang that's, again. That's kind that's kind of how it reads to me. Another side note for anybody who's who's becoming you know word nerds out there with us the greek for to go away when it talks about this renewal of or this you know this re, re the new earth and the new heaven because the old earth and heaven went away the greek word for went away is abercrombie not really but it, it is it's 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 abercrombie which i can't help but think is where the word abercrombie comes from because where um, the hell else would the word abercrombie come from and that which store means, went away so it, well it, it, you should go away from it right <laughs> It's got it's got naked children like on the walls. Like you, you can't away. you can't escape the the smell. It's, right. it's over. It's 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 like it's in your pores. Shit. It's terrible. I can't it's remember the last time naked I naked children on the wall. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like it's like a Podesta living room. It, it really is. It's like it's all artsy and in black and white, and it smells like Axe body wash. It's terrible. Hey, you see, you see the Podesta's uh, taking over for John Kerry as the climate czar. Really. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that. I'm gonna have to look into that. That right. uh he should Abercrombie. Uh so John 14. You guys wanna <laughs> yeah. you guys wanna do that? Yep. What um, do so he says, uh in my father's house are many, and the Greek word is uh Monet. Um I go there to prepare a place for you. And people typically that's that's typically the go-to passage when I when I challenge this idea of going of dying and going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Um first of all, well, just for some background, in my father's house are many mansions. That was actually uh that's that came from the the Wycliffe Bible. Um at the time, the word mansion. Heretic. Yeah. The time the word mansion just meant, uh, and John Wycliffe was what? What was he like? Fourteenth uh, century. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But he, Englishman, translated the Bible. 
this one says uh, rooms. Well, yeah. The the at NIV. The, at the time, the Greek is Monet. Um, at the time when Wycliffe translated it, a mansion was any kind of domicile, like a, a palatial estate would have been a mansion, just as much as a mud hut on the beach would have been a mansion. I, and, I learned that when I lived in Japan. I lived in mansions. And the same thing, England also oh, yeah? uses the term uses the term mansion, and it's not what we not, say. Not is. not not palatial. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But it, it sounds good. We like the idea of getting mansions in heaven, so we kind of kept it in a lot of translations, but it really just means any kind of dwelling place. But more importantly than that, when Jesus says, in my father's house, well, what does my father's house mean? It, we We take it for granted that it means heaven, and it can't mean anything else. But if we look at every other instance, Jesus uses that for, he uses it precisely two other times. Um, and it means the same thing in the in those usages as the, the phrase God's house means in every other usage in the Bible, which is never heaven. It's always the temple. Say that, say that again. It, when, when the phrase God's house appears in the Bible, never does it mean heaven. Oh, God's house. I thought you meant when other times Jesus used used Monet. Okay. Well, no, when Jesus used the phrase God in my father's house. In my father's house. Okay. Yeah. It means the same as God's house, which is the temple. How dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace? Why are you mm -hmm. looking for me? I didn't know I'd be in my father's house, meaning the temple. So when he says in my father's house are many Monet, any many dwelling places, many rooms, um, and they were they were puzzled about this because speaking they're like of God, why are, why are why are there rooms in a temple, right? Like, well, specifically the dwelling place was where the 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 holy that that was another description for the holy of holies. It's where God's presence was understood, and only the high priests were allowed after they did all the ritual cleansings and put on the fancy clothes right. and did the sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, like people just they weren't just chilling and hanging out and living so there. So in this instance, when he talks about my father's house has many rooms, mm -hmm. is he not talking about the third heaven, the place where God dwells? No, I think so. Why, so let, he's talking about the temple. Let me. So, so this so, temple, hey, God's house I'm, has many I, rooms. I'm going to jump ahead because I've never heard Brian say this before, but I just already picked up. I already picked up what he's what he's laying down. This is Jesus saying. This is essentially Christ stating overtly that the holy of holies no, is no longer relevant. Because what something that was only available to one person, the high priest before, now has many places where you can come and live. You can be that close and that intimate with the father in his house, which would have been scandalous to a to a, a, a rabbi of the time. Because not only could that rabbi not go, but all of his buddies couldn't go. Only the the main the 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 boss rabbi could go in there. Well, the and now priest. that Roman soldier can go. Right, and now yeah, the dude, the dude being crucified on this cross can go. Right, yeah. and he can live there, not just not just walk in. Like he can just do whatever he wants. He can chill. He can make himself make make, make yourself comfortable. Mikasa Sukasa. <laughs> right. Can I can I shoot up here? Absolutely, Mikasa <laughs> Sukasa. Come on. <laughs> too too far. Too far. The point of it making somebody at home is not too far. Well, I'm I pretty mean, sure I... nobody's shooting up at God's house. Right. But well, I mean, if you're in that blissful state, you don't need to shoot up. Right. But it, and it's important to read this in the context of John's gospel as a whole, 
and to reiterate, there are no verses in the Bible. Um, for some reason, John's gospel that we we have the chapter divisions in John's gospel, we have it in weird places. Um, I would I would make the middle of John chapter two. John chapter two that starts with the wedding in Cana, where he turns water into wine. And then he travels to Jerusalem where he drives out the money changers. And that's where you get the phrase in my, and how dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace. I would take that. I would, I would make that the beginning of a chapter and then take that to the end of chapter four. Cause that whole portion is about how the temple is, is obsolete. It's going to be obsolete. Um, Cause he taught, he, he says, destroy this temple, and I will, I will raise it again in three days, not referring to the actual temple, but his body, um, referencing his resurrection. So his mm -hmm. body is the temple, because the temple is the place where God's presence dwells. And that's the whole kind of, that's that's really sort of, you got, I, I don't know if we were talking about this on the podcast or just the, between the three of us, but I was talking about how they always kind of mess up the movies about the Exodus, like the Ten Commandments and Prince of Egypt. Was that on the podcast or was that just us? But yeah, you just—I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, I don't so, even know well, what our last podcast was about. So yeah, well, okay. So I'll just—I'll—I'll I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. If you watch like the Ten Commandments or the Prince of Egypt, like the the climax of the movie, the like the big happy ending that you get before the credits roll is Moses kind of sauntering down from the mountain with the with the ten commandments as if that's the point of the narrative if you read the book of exodus the last chapter is um like they've had the law god gave them the law they broke the law um while moses was on the mountain getting the instructions for the for the ark of the covenant and the tabernacle these physical visible symbols of God's presence that were to be that were to be the focus of worship. While he's getting the instructions for that, they're down at the base of the mountain, saying, "Where's this Moses guy? We don't we don't know what happened to him. Uh, you, Aaron, make us gods to go before us." Um, so he gives them the golden calf. Then he says, "Behold, Yahweh your God who led you out of Egypt." And then they're debauching themselves around the golden calf and the 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 juxtaposition here, the, 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 the point here is that like people do need that kind of visible, tangible representation of God to worship, to, to, to be the focus of their worship. They were getting that God was giving that to Moses, but they couldn't wait. They didn't trust him. They didn't have faith. So they invented that for themselves in the form of the golden calf. And the golden calf was a common uh, image for Baal, um, who became kind of the, the symbol for the devil. That's why the devil has horns, because um, he's, he's off like a, a calf is like the, a young bull. Um, and so because of this, God said, I'm, I'm going to destroy them and make, you, make a nation out of you, Moses. Moses says, no, don't. Um, he, he intercedes for them and, and pleads for God's forgiveness. So he gives it. 
And then God says, well, I'm going to send an angel to lead you guys. Cause if I go, I'm going to, I'm going to kill all of you. Cause I I'm, I'm done with you. And then Moses pleads with him again. Don't please don't, if you don't lead us, then there's no point in even being your people, please, you know, don't, don't leave us to, to lesser, to lesser beings. You go with us. And, and, and he pleads with God to show him his glory, which he does. And so God, you know, graciously acquiesces and because Moses interceded, he decides to stay with them. And so that the big climax of, of Exodus is when they build the tabernacle and the ark um, and they consecrate it. They could do all the sacrifices. And then you see the glory cloud of God's presence descending to dwell within the tabernacle. And then that's, so God is with them. God, despite their unworthiness, despite God's initial inclination to to abandon them and and have a less and give them over to a lesser to a lesser divine being, he stays with them. And you see this again when Solomon consecrates the temple, the 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 the, the Shekinah, the glory cloud of God's presence descends upon the temple, and and that's God dwelling among them. Before the exile, well, before. During the exile, before the Babylonians destroyed the temple, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of the, the Shekinah, the, the glory cloud of God's presence, leaving the temple. So God has, a, has because there's because they're unfaithful, because they're worshiping other gods, God gives gives them over to be dominated by the Babylonians and and live under the domination of their gods. And so this idea of so that idea, that idea of still being in exile because the the presence of God was not with them anymore, this is ever this is like forefront in their minds when Jesus arrives, and in John's Gospel when he talks about how the the the, the logos, the Word of God became became flesh. The Greek word, I forget the actual. I think it's uh, it's related to Monet. It's Mino, um, but it's he tabernacled among us and that kind of evokes the exodus the the logos tabernacled among us and dwelled among us that was like so jesus was that 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 picture of god tabernacling among them in the wilderness god's presence being among them and the whole thrust of john's gospel is how god's presence that shekinah cloud of god's glory is is, is going to be restored to them and he's telling them how. And so when he tells them, destroy this, destroy this temple, I will raise it in three days. And then he talks to Nicodemus about being born again in the spirit. And then he has the conversation with the woman in Samaria at the well. And they have this debate about, you know, you're, you Jews say we have to worship on Mount Sinai, but our ancestors say worship on Mount Gerizim. And Jesus tells them, um, you know, you, you worship, um, the time is coming when people will neither will worship the father neither on this mountain nor on that mountain but the the true belief that the true worshipers will worship god in spirit and in truth and the whole point of it is that this physical temple is going to be obsolete because god is going to dwell within people it's and that's what he's talking about be... uh -uh. So, um so john 14 when he says in my father's house are many dwelling places I go there to prepare a place for you. And then they ask him, well, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I am the way and the truth and the life. Right. Don't come to the Father right. except so for me. It, that actually makes a lot more sense, Brian. So, but uh, then hold on. Let me, let me, I'm about, I'm about done. 
like if you read the rest of John 14, he goes on to talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make my home in you. The Father, just as the Father is in me, I will be in you. And in who loves the Father and does and obeys my commandments, we will make our home with them. So that's what John 14 is about. It's about it's not about going to heaven as a disembodied spirit. Well, it's about God dwelling in but, you as the new. But temple. God says, I will come back and take you with me. Um let me read the actual context. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you will also be where I am. Right. So he's going to prepare it's, a place and then well, he's coming back so, to get you. So if you if you follow the same the same kind of I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to hypersimplify what Brian was saying, right? So if if what he was saying is my father's house and he's talking about the temple. So he's being metaphorical. He's not being literal in the sense that we're all going to go crowd into a temple like a bunch of like Haitian refugees. He's saying this is now a place for everybody, right? Then right. he says I'm going to go prepare a place. He's going to go die so that we can then go into the temple because those laws no matter are relevant, right? He's going to go create the new covenant. He's going to go and, I shouldn't say create. He's going to go he's going to go bind the new covenant, right? right. And then he's going to come back through the spirit so that we can live with God. The, and that's house, why I brought it up to, right? to yeah. tie all that up into a book. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like, it's, I knew it's, that was the answer. I just, it's right. No, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Like this is, it's, it's, it's a cool conversational path, right though, because I've never actually torn these verses apart to understand this part of it. Like I, I literally brought them up because I know this is where people push back on it. Right. Um, but like I said earlier in the show, and I've said a couple of times, Christ was typically a little metaphorical in how he talked. Not that he didn't mean what he said, but what he said can't be taken at face value with today's, you know, translation and 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 transliteration of the words. Um, it's, and his it's actually and those readers at that time would have understood that probably. Yeah, at, um, at least better than we do. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. To, to Brian's point, because anytime they said house of God, they always meant the temple. We don't typically talk about temples, right? And and many denominations of, of Protestantism are a little fast and loose with what a church is, right? Like, it's a house like, of God. My, well, no, but I'm saying like my church used to be in a strip mall, right? It's, right. it's, it's a far cry from the idea of a, of a, you know, a big cathedral and stained glass and pews. and it, you But know, if the spirit's like, there. Like the tag agency is two doors down. But yeah, you know, and I had a bakery next door and a and a dentist on the other side of it, right? Like, right, smelled bank, pretty nice anyway. And a bank in the in the parking lot, right? Like, yeah, the the church is not the building. The church right. is the people. The people, right? Church means assembly. But it, but it was one hundred percent the building back in in this time period, right? Like the temple, well, like to the point of yeah. the the point of of Jesus and the and the Samaritan. <laughs> Samaritan having the, the the conversation, right? Like they were arguing about which mountain is more important to worship on because that was relevant back then. Or even the was it the the Egyptian or the 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 the, the, the eunuch and wanted to take dirt with him. The Ethiop oh the, the man the Syrian. The he Syrian. Wanted to, he wanted uh, to take dirt from the Holy Land right. because he was going to be forced to pray at his master's right. temple, but he wanted to pray to this dirt because the dirt was more holy because he wanted to be praying ensure he was praying to Yahweh because this was his land. Right. 
and this and this ties back to the uh the divine council worldview um in genesis 6 you have the the earth is corrupted by this unholy this unholy mingling of divine and human natures that led to the nephilim and the this proliferation of forbidden knowledge that led to the flood and they wanted to re they wanted to kind of reinstate that at the tower of babel um and there's evidence that they did like the the tower of babel was a ziggurat it was meant to it was a it was a artificial it was a man-made sacred mountain so that the gods could descend to mingle with humanity there were they there was the sacred bed of marduk at the top of the the great pyramid the the great ziggurat of edamanaki which was the which was what the tower of babel was based on it, it was a bed for sexual congress with mortals um which birthed these these this new generation of nephilim um and you know we've talked about how ancient near eastern religion was very much sex-based it was about enticing the gods to sex with each other enticing them to sex with mortals to bring up to to bring about more nephilim because these were the heroes of old the warriors of renown that people idolized them and they wanted them to 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 you know be the to be their warriors for their for their kingdoms um but in contrast, you have God calling Abraham, then Isaac, then Jacob. Jacob has this vision at Bethel where he sees the, the stairway into heaven on which the angels of God were, and were ascending and descending. It was He had a vision of what the people at Babel were trying to bring about, but it, his was a, a holy, godly, redeemed version. They wanted these lesser gods. He was having this, this vision of the true God this 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 uh go between between heaven and earth and that's what jesus referenced in john's gospel when he's when uh he uh philip was under, under the fig tree and then he was introduced to jesus and he said can anything good come out of Nazareth? can anything good come out of nazareth and that and jesus said uh you know i i saw you when you were under the fig tree where he was meditating and then he said you know the you know you're the messiah and he said are you amazed because i said i saw you under the victory i tell you the truth you will see the angels of god ascending and descending on the son of man basically saying i am that vision that jacob had at bethel of the angels of god ascending and descending which was a kind of a a, a proto in concept it was a prototype for the temple we again we talked about that from Exodus and then from uh, Solomon's temple and then Ezekiel. This whole idea of the divine nature coming into human nature to kind of reinstate this this state of Eden. That's how the the kingdom of God comes into the world. Um, it's not us dying and going to heaven. It's heaven comes into the world through us, and we we advance God's kingdom by advancing the faith, by advancing the church, by teaching people the gospel, teaching them why it's true that Jesus rose from the dead because, and because faith is the precondition of regeneration of the indwelling of the spirit of God, of becoming that temple of God. That's what's in view in John 14. And that's what, the, that's what true Christianity is. Um, but um I like it. Yeah, thank I'm you. Convinced. I mean, thank you. Like I, 
came up with it, but you, but you normally, you, you, you normally spin a good, you, you, you spun a good yarn. I can, normally we argue. So I'm always kind of relieved when we don't. Well, that's why I let, that's why, that's why I let argue. you off the hook. But plus, I mean, in all seriousness, this, this John 14 stuff was, was actually new to me. So that was. Y'all don't read my blog. Do it you? was. Your blog. I have a blog. Did you guys oh. hear about it? Oh, I start, I start reading that. Yeah, it's. I have enough rabbit holes that I'm falling in these days. It's the third helix.com link in the description, but uh, yeah. So were there other passages that we need to talk about for going, dying and I going think to heaven? Those, those were my big ones. I, Dre, I don't know if you had any other ones, but, he, the, he oh, but, but, off, but off your last thing, I just had to throw out that. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't get the song out of my head when you right. said that. I wanted to talk about this when we were talking about Satanism last last week. Um, that's one where if you test it, if you play it backwards, it does like it does say my. It does seem to say my sweet Satan. <laughs> First of all, who the fuck says that? Who says my sweet <laughs> Satan? That's that's well, how I, I know mean, this whole thing's a farce. Like, okay. oh, but you know, it's hidden. But if you should play it backwards, it says, "My sweet Satan, the fuck out of here!" Like, but, <laughs> but if you, but if you listen to the lyrics of the song, right? And this is the irony. Like, you you hear about New Ageism, like the New Age uh -huh. movement, which is really just a renaming of occultism. It's, it's neo occultism. Yeah. 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 I see, there. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. You, you're very good. You. I see what you did. Yeah. Um, so new ageism, it's, it's, it's about like the whole, like the, the thrust of occultism is bringing about this new age, right. which is, which is what Alistair Crowley was about. This what John... is the dawning of the age of but this, Aquarius. Oh, this is an outgrowth of this underground version of Christianity that was, it wasn't a controlled tradition. It kind of got weird with John D and angel magic going into sex magic. And, but I the mean, idea of it was to bring about this new age in which creation is restored. And you have kind of the same idea in modern uh, political progressivism, this utopian ideal uh, where we achieve this age of, uh, perfect equality and justice and and free healthcare for everybody but it, it's like a godless utopia but like you these are all basically christian heresies that have grown up in the absence of true christianity true like true christianity is about the church is here to bring about the messianic age it, it, i almost feel like one could argue that you know, we've talked about the telephone game and something can start off being true and then it gets twisted and turned. You could almost argue that these people that are doing this new age quasi Satanism are actually just doing a slightly deviated version of Christianity. They just missed a couple of key parts. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's exactly what he's saying, right? But, yeah. it, but <laughs> I just have to yeah. say it in different less words than brian well oh, I'm, I like, that's, that's what I, I do no I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're listening to what i'm saying and, and 
kind of putting it into your own words, but it's, but, but I, I said the same it, thing, but I said it like this, but it's a perverted version of it. I right, say. It's, it's perverted. It's, but it's my point is, in is the way that it makes, you make yourself God peace. Yeah. Like I'm not suggesting that it's good or holy. Right. What I'm suggesting is I wonder if the people that actually started it were intending to be perverse, but like after a couple of translations that it was like, Hey, you know what we can do? We can be in well, charge and do our own thing. It's I, like, oh, I really think that true Satanism is the worship of yourself. C.S. Lewis said that, that okay. they, so that the, therefore that the devil can, is forever. You, God's ape. God's what? God's ape. Ape. Like he apes what God does. And you see that in the garden of Eden, like what, what the devil offered Adam and Eve was essentially what God wanted them to have. They could have had it. They'd have come to it honestly versus right. cheating. Like, and that's really true of every temptation. Every, every, every temptation to sin is essentially an offer for something God really does want you to have, but he wants you to have it at its best. He wants you to have it or, on the right terms. That's the, I think that's half of it. But I think the, the point that Dre made is also super valid, right? And that's, and I think that's the argument you would make about Gnosticism, Gnosticism is that the idea of making yourself the, the the conduit versus Christ being the conduit, right? Becoming so so wrapped up in in self and ego that you think you can be the one to do it and you don't you, need you, you don't, don't need, need, you don't need Christ. Right. Eat this and you will know what God right. knows. Yeah. And yeah. and it's you like know. that joke where the where the, the the new chemists were doing AI and they they looked at God and they were like, "Hey, look, look what we just made. He's sentient. He's you know he 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 has a soul. He's a he's a person. He has full intelligence." And God's like, "How'd you do that?" And he's like, "Well, like we started with the silica that we took out of the dirt and then we made the chip and blah blah blah." And God goes, "Cool, do it again, but start with your own dirt." Huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. the joke's subtly different. It's yeah. a better joke. Like I, I, I wanted to jump to the punchline, but the point was going to the whole point of starting from nothing versus starting halfway down the road is not nearly the same. Well, that's the that's the Gnostic myth, right? So the the evil child god makes all these things, and he and he makes these uh, these beings out of clay, but mm -hmm. they didn't have any. They didn't have the breath of life, right. as they would say in in you know Polynesia, you mm -hmm. know the ha. So Sophia, the 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 great goddess she felt bad for her son and, and she uh she breathed life into into adam and eve mm -hmm. and that's why that's why he he thinks he's good but he didn't even like his mommy hooked him up behind his back like okay now they have life and then he's like this angry god you worship me and not my mom like that star trek episode i would have won i would have <laughs> like whoa what's what star trek episode the old one with the uh, the kid that was like playing games with them, mm -hmm. and, and Kirk finally figured it out and like he was controlling them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like he's, he's a child. He's just a super powerful child. Yeah. We gotta... Those shows, those shows are great. Uh, very much so. I, I mean, like Q huge... is part of that too. In the Next Generation, it's kind of mm -hmm. it's, it's an offshoot of, yeah. of that same. Yeah. So I, I have I have one serious closing thought and one joke. I did have a serious thought point I wanted to add, but I. It escapes me right now. All right. So let me make mine real quick. Something yeah. you said a long time ago, and I jotted this down. So you were talking about Nua, the spirit. You were trying to differentiate spirit from soul. Numa. Numa. Sorry. Um, I didn't take good note. Um, so Numa, and it means breath, whisper. You said I didn't I didn't look Bre up in Strong's, but breath or wind. Wind. Okay. 
it seems to me that there's there's a there's an argument to be made. I'm I'm doing a reversion to a previous discussion. If spirit is breath and breathing is speaking, right? Okay. Then, then there's a weird con there's a potentially weird conflation there with logos. Absolutely. Right? Because it's not weird at all. That's no, that's no, a direct but I, line. But but I'm saying that makes it odd because it almost blends the Holy Spirit with with Jesus, right? Because if Jesus was the word and the word was God, but the Holy Spirit is the holy pneuma, like where's right. There, the, and I'm, I'm not trying to rehash a fight. Right. Believe me. I'm just pointing out there's a weird little like, and it, and then you mentioned a verse are you earlier. A, are you asking where the distinction is? No, I'm not asking. I'm just pointing out that, that, that there's a, there's a, there's a really heavy line. There's a really would heavy you like overlap. To, would hang you on, like to know? Hang on. I, I got a, one more, one more thought. So you said okay. something else, another, another verse. And you were talking about, and I don't, I didn't get it written down. It's when we were talking about John, but you jumped somewhere else. And you said that you quoted Jesus as saying something to the effect of, um, I will be with you in God will be with you. I will be with you in the spirit or something like that. Yeah. That's the rest of chapter 14. That was as in chapter 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it just, those two things kind of, that, that was what spun that into my head. Cause I wrote down the Newman and then you said that and I was like, wait, breath, logos, logos. That, it seems like the spirit's getting wrapped up in the same conversational point. So anyway, I just wanted to point right. that out. And then my, my joke that I, I'm going to throw out before you explain this one is the watcher should have got Moses to intercede on their behalf instead of Enoch, because he was apparently much better at reconvincing <laughs> God to change his mind. I mean, he well, God was already going to change his mind. The Calvinist said so. <laughs> I knew gonna... you'd ask that, Moses. <laughs> We're going to tackle that in a future episode. <laughs> For the listeners at home. Um, yeah. Um, well, the spirit, the pneuma, is like more the animating principle, whereas the logos is more of the, like the executive, like explicit communication. That makes sense. The the pneuma is the 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 sound, but the logos is the the language that confer that can. Well, I wouldn't. What, I wouldn't say the sound. It's the packet that rides on the wave. Um, you, you got to modulate it into the carrier to the carriers the carrier right. wave. I, yeah, actually, I wasn't thinking of that, but that that's I'm so, I'm so, I'm thinking through whether that's a good illustration or if it's a heresy. But <laughs> it's such a fine I mean, line. I on said it, show. it must be a heresy. So we... it, it's it's like I said, it's a fine line in our show. What are you going to do? It, it's uh well, and I try to make it. A, a, a straight line a straight a thick black line to so you can tell um yeah the question like is it the medium or is it the message yeah the logos is the message yeah no actually that's uh, so from a greek point of view that's actually what it says so greek logos means the statement <clears throat> the embodiment the speech Whereas so it was being funny, but I, I actually, you, were, you were dead means, on. Was, yeah you were you were you were you were, you were uh, dead on balls accurate. balls accurate right I, it's it's weird when you guys aren't arguing with me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to. Brian's like off. looking for the fight. He's like, 
So, he's like major no. pain. We're hugging him, and he's like, "Triangle boy, <laughs> <laughs> sir, somebody must need some killing." <laughs> no, major, not... you killed them all. <laughs> no, I, I dig that though. Like, if that's if that's the difference between the two, right? The 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 Numa is the the carrier wave, and and the logos is the the encrypted message. I dig it. To put it into Marine Sigant talk, did and we? Then, and then, just, it, and then it has to travel through the heavens. Did, did we did right. we give any secrets away just now? Nope. nope. It's that's just radio. Tom one hundred one, man. I don't yeah. I don't know what's classified anymore. <laughs> it's been like thirty years since I knew it was I mean, classified. That's, that's how you just put information into something that can go far away. Well, to... Just good old multiplexing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, modula- modulation. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Um, I think that's a wrap, boys. Normally, I would I think feel so. like there's so much more to say, but I have a blog about this, so it's all there. It's all there. Read it. Read it. Learn Dre, it. Love it. Dre, you got more? You did, are you not? Are you not? A, are you not satisfied? No, I. I mean, I. I agree. I just, you know, you're also surprised I, that we that we hit such a heady topic and we're already as, done. As I as I looked things about just heaven and uh different cultures and where it comes from and uh and how you know uh, how people interpret it i fell down uh an nde rabbit hole okay. and i'm really mad that i didn't i didn't discover this stuff a little bit way back when we talked about near-death experience properly we, we did but, a whole yeah. show titled nde yeah man <laughs> so uh i came across this uh doctor this neuroscientist named uh mm-hmm. uh Ebel Ebel Alexander, and uh, he had a rare meningitis disease in his brain, and he fell into a coma, and uh, and then he describes the world that he saw, mm-hmm. um, uh, complete with uh, what he described as kind of like a like a worm beginning where there was really not much, but then followed an orb of light, and it took him into this lush valley with tons of happy people and to include a a woman that greeted him there uh, which he later describes as his as his guardian angel but what made the story compelling to me was that his brain was turned off during his Mm -hmm. coma so all eight lobes of his brain were completely dormant Mm -hmm. they were turned off he's fucking brain dead Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it shows this all in scans there's no energy Right, going through his brain, but he has these memories anyway. He wasn't mostly so, dead; he was dead. He, he was brain dead anyway. Right, his heart was still pumping and whatnot. Hey, so, Dre. huh? I hate to, I hate, I hate to do this. Oh, you, never mind. Go ahead. I'll do. No, it what do you, later. what do you hate to do? There's only six lobes of the brain, and it okay. just, just is there only you. six? Maybe yeah. I got it wrong, but he's a neuroscientist. He, 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 he probably, call, he probably got it right. It calls his whole. Storing the question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Surely just, the neuroscientist didn't get it wrong. I shouldn't have brought it up. I just. They're, they're, I, I mean, you, you said eight lobes, and I'm like, is that right? And I looked it up. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I'm look. I'm regardless. I'm a jerk. I mean, I he, know that we just. So basically, his his uh, as he starts studying the brain again, as he wakes up. Uh, and things are turned back on, and he was completely he had no idea. You know, the people standing in front of him. Uh, you know, they didn't know who the doctor was until all that stuff started coming mm-hmm. back. They were like, "Yo, the, you were dead, right?" In the in the in the, in fact, he had a two percent chance of living, and then they stopped all the antibiotics because they're like, "Hey, he's not coming out of this." 
So his wife essentially is like, okay, stop the antibiotics, pull the plug, pull the, yeah. pull the plug. we're fucking done. And then dude wakes up, he's like, what's up? Well, don't make don't make her sound like casual about it. Like well, I mean, she's just she might have been. She's, she's yeah. probably she's listen, like, I can't wait to she, catch She's the wife of us, she's the wife of a surgeon. They probably had the conversation ahead of time. He probably yeah, but, had an advanced directive. Yeah. Matt was right. way more gracious than I was just now. But <laughs> but um so it's kind of like uh my middle name. The way he was describing the brain and your consciousness was like your brain doesn't store your your memories, not your long-term ones. It's more of a conduit of how to how to access them and and uh and, and translate them in, in your head. It's they're almost like cloud. you have you have they're RAM. The, you have RAM. Cloud. Right. And there's a but there's a cloud. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. cloud is like, your like your DNA, right? And that kind of how that, that but, part but of that, but it's beyond. It's the spirit world. It's the oh, okay, got it. The world got it. of he, he's going your disembodied like spirit, he, for lack of a better term. Okay, so, so he, you, and, and he's a neuroscientist. Yes. Okay. It it's pretty cool. So uh, you know, I bought a few books from him just to see what what that's all about, and we'll be bringing this up later on. You buy a so, lot of books. Yeah, I do. Man. I buy a lot of books. I I read a lot fewer books. I think that's, that's 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 a thing. I mean, I just that, got a new. That's, book. that's me like, too. Yes. My 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 wife is dope, right? Like she goes to the store. She was at Sam's Club, of all yep. places, and she texted me. She was like, "Do you have the Art of War?" And I said, "No." I was like, "Yeah, grab that for me." So now I have a hard copy of the Art of War. <laughs> right, like, right on. Like, have you read that before? I've read it. I've like skimmed it. I haven't like consumed it. It's awesome. I this is book. the art of war and a handful of other books. The 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 Tao Te Ching, the Confucian Analects, that, the, Tao Te Ching. Brain, Tao Te Ching? That, the that... Doctrine of the Mean and the Works of Mencius. Right. You got to read the Art of War, Miyamoto Musashi's The Book of Five I have, Rings. I have, the, I have the Five Rings. I've got it and, on the bookshelf. And Yagyamunanori's uh, The Life Giving Sword. I don't. I don't. I've never heard of that one. But I have the it's Five t- Rings. It's the Five Rings. I dug. I dug the Five Rings. It's typically packaged with. Miyamoto Musashi, like it usually comes in one volume. I value Yagiment Muninori more than Miyamoto Musashi. I'll probably get beat up for that if. Oh, if I, I, meet. I think it's I think it's a temperament issue, right? Musashi is very he's he's kind of a bastard, right? He's like kind of a, like he's a, he's right. A, no, I'm saying like that's that's it, it, the style's not for everybody, right? Because some people read that and they're like you got to be a horrible person to think this way. And I read it and I'm like, I love this. This is a great book. Well, Sun Tzu's the same way. Well, so I've been I, reading this. Well, Yagi Munanori, The Life-Giving Sword have, versus have, the... Have y'all heard of this book? The 48 Powers? The, the well, 48 Laws of Power? I'm about to drop something biblical, though. It's kind of off topic, but... Well, so hang on, so ago. Dre. So before we go fully off topic and we take the show into <laughs> like an uncoverable place, no, Dre. Dre mentioned this NDE thing. So, like I, I mentioned it casually uh, during our NDE top. NDE we should show. return to Yagumin or Nori though in a later episode. That's, that's, that's true. We, let's it's, do that. It, sure. It's biblical, but we yeah. can do some. We can do all the Eastern books and wrap them all together. But um, like I mentioned casually on our NDE episode, I didn't give it much airtime because we were moving along quickly. And that was right. also like episode three or something like that. And we didn't really, we, 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 not that we're great at it now, but we were terrible at controlling a show and like <laughs> moving it along and keeping it. <laughs> we haven't place, really, right? we haven't really improved. <laughs> we've improved really. a lot, whether we've, we've, 
what the end state looks like, who knows, right? But uh, so specifically, my dad has had an NDE, right? So yeah, my, so right. he had a he had a widowmaker heart attack when he was 39, 40, something like that. Like I was a senior in high school and my dad flatlined and died. Um, and he had absolute, you know, a, a near death experience. And we haven't had a lot of conversation about like, I haven't quizzed him on the specifics of what he experienced, but it was very much a, you know, a, 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 a a vision, an experience of heaven, that kind of thing. In fact, I was just at my dad's house a couple of days ago and we were talking about the show. He's a big fan, as you can imagine, right? Probably, I'm sure he, Dre, he probably rivals your mom as our two biggest fans, right? <laughs> Thanks sure. for listening um, to Mike. Absolutely. Um, but you know, he, he, you know, in one hand he's, you know, thinks our show's great and thinks it's really neat that, you know, we're doing this, but then, you know, we we're talking about some of the different topics and he was like, well, you know, I disagree with you on the heaven thing, right? And I said, I, I know you do. And I respect that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. I'm just telling you, you know, what I read now I read it. But a, a big part of his understanding or his belief has to do with that NDE that he, that he experienced. Right. Um, right. And I think it's interesting. I'm of the opinion. And I, th I think I had mentioned this during our other episode that what I understand of, of an NDE is a combination of possible visions, like you had said, Dre, about, you know, people always have the visions of, of heaven, but not of like family members. It's not familial. It's not people they know. It's not Bobby and Tommy and Jimmy and Lisa. It's Jesus and, <laughs> and God and that right. kind of a thing, which would, you know, be one thing. But I think there's also, there has to be a certain amount of, of, of NDEs that are attributed to the brain's consciousness going through. And that's why type, this some, one fascinated me. Some type because, of a death experience, right? Because, because this time the dude's brain was off and they have scans of the time. Right. Of when. So, so you're, so the point is, is how could so I have brain is, activity when the brain was having no activity? Right. Well, so the, okay. His, his consciousness. So what his, 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 he posits the consciousness is not in your brain. The oh, consciousness is somewhere outside of so your brain. While, and while, your brain while, just is the conduit to, to we, we can measure some of it. I, We're only measuring I, I part of it. The of brain it. filters all of that out while you're conscious. I know I, you do, Brian. <laughs> so but to also I just I just want to put my you know put my pin in that what's, so what's we can interesting. What's interesting about a lot of these NDEs is that uh most of them are atheists. And I think all the ones you, you like, you, you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube. I, I think uh, it's the atheist ones that get more pub because yeah, it's, yeah. it's more credible, I think, is is the well, logic. Because it, it would well, make because sense. Because their, their story is super compelling. They're like, holy shit, I was wrong. Right, right. right. Whereas a Christian's like, of course I saw Jesus. That's, my, who else was my, I going to see when I died? I think my favorite ones, though, are the ones that visit hell. Their NDE is hell. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you want to straighten up? This is where you're going to be right here. This is what's happening. And I think... The one I saw the other night, scared straight this, at a spiritual level. Is this this weird dude? He did a bunch of drugs and stuff, but then, and like it was too long. It was like an hour. I'm like, I don't care about your experience, but, but he's like, you'll never, you'll never believe who he saw. Wait till the end. I'm like, damn it! So I'll fast forward. <laughs> so, I'm like, who did he see? Who did he see? And and this dude, he lives, he lives in Idaho, right? So he saw a but, dude from Idaho. No. He saw a dude from Palmyra, New York. He didn't know oh, who he he's was. From, he's from Idaho. He's from Idaho. So okay. this is. I'm sorry. I thought that he, was the big bunch. He line. saw Jay Smitty, Joseph 
Smith. In hell. In hell. That's right. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> so, 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 so he comes, he comes okay, back and like, I'm convinced. And this, and this, and this, <laughs> this pastor's like, or this dude he was telling the experience to, he's like, wait, what, what house? Describe the house again. And then he shows like pictures and he's like, describe the guy. What did he look like? This is who this He's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy I saw. And he's like, he's like, do you know who that is? He's like, I don't, I have no idea who that is. He was not happy. He was straight up not having a good time. I don't know, but that that dude was. Did he live next door to Muhammad? That dude was a warning to me. And he was, he was surprised because I didn't see like Buddha or Jesus or like I I saw this guy. I guess his name was Joseph Smith or something like that. I don't know, but. And I, and I was like, you got to be shitting me. And I just turned it off. <laughs> I was like, what? come on, man. You're from Idaho and you hate Mormons? Got it. Got it. So you don't you don't buy it? Is what you're I, saying? Uh, I totally buy it. I buy it all now. I'm, I'm in with, with the NDEs. All right. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot to say before you told me Joseph Smith was in hell. And now, like, I, I do die. Why, why, why fight it, right? Take, take why, the win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to. I have to change my whole worldview now. But I'm, I'm here for you. I am here for yeah. you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, I, I, I said in the outset that uh, that Brian was going to tell you whether or not you're going to heaven, and he did. The answer is no. You're not. <laughs> you're not going to heaven. Look at me. But it's Look. it's it's better news than that, right? right. So it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah heaven right. is coming for you. It, that's right. You just, you just got to. That, that sounds like a threat. <laughs> it, actually, it is. It <laughs> actually, we didn't, again, we don't script this stuff. That's exactly how I meant it for some people. Right. Um, the, like the, you know, the problem of evil is we, we've talked about that before. You know, if God is all loving and all powerful, then why is there evil? If he's all loving, then he wants to get rid of all evil, but he can't. Or that, that means all... get rid of us. <laughs> so... well, we'll be finished, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we talked for like two hours just now. Stop but, uh... it! <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You do not continue down this path. I'm gonna start. We can putting, go there. I'm gonna start putting time lapse counters at right. every episode. No, I I don't. I value what you have to say. Right. Not the point. Just not. Just not as much as what I have to say. That's all. That's all. There it is. There it is. Okay. So okay. So in if, vino veritas. If if I've had like two drinks, I, and the truth comes out. But it doesn't take much to get the truth out of in you. sobriety veritas from this guy. So, um, so yeah. So if God is all loving, you know, we know the problem of evil. If there's since there's evil, God is either not all loving or not all all powerful, therefore not God. But you're the evil, he's gonna eliminate. Um it when he eliminates evil, when he comes when heaven comes here, either you're with him and you get to be a part of it. Or you're not, and you get you get what you saw all, all of your life, which is exclusion from God's presence. So, so what you gonna I, do when the largest arms in the world and Hulkamania run wild on you? I I, I got to respond to what you just said, actually, though, Brian. So, okay. the problem of evil, what you just summarized as the problem of evil, I reject, and I mm. need, I need to I need to make that really freaking clear. That okay. is that is that is a that is a a a, a 
logical fallacy of the whole either or thing. That is not the only two options. That's the only two options that people came up with to try to to try to create the oh. problem of evil. And the problem of evil doesn't exist. So I, I reject the logic problem of either or with that. <laughs> and we can we we can do this on another show because we could do that I'm in not person. Getting into it. I'm not getting into it now at this point on this. Wait, show. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm gonna know why I'm wrong. Well, they got to tune in next week. Yeah. I, so I, just, it's too much to get into. I'm, I'm being serious. I don't want to get into right. it because we're right. gonna. It'll be two more hours of us going over this. But okay, like I, well, I, I, re I reject the either or concept there. Okay, well, I I win by default until then. You know that, that's right? fine. Okay, okay. Walk so, around with your with your fake belt. <laughs> so, All right, I'll claim it. For, <laughs> we'll, for, for, for we'll we'll unify it later. I don't. To you might be, be right. Man. I don't. I don't, know what, man. I don't know what you're talking about. So you might be right. I don't. I, I, I am right. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. So. For comic so you're nerds, not, you're not going to heaven. Look at me. Nobody, <laughs> yeah. So for comic nerds, I didn't plan this. I just put on this shirt and realized after the fact, this is the Kingdom Come version of Superman. And we talked about what Kingdom Come means in the Lord's Prayer today. And so you know, maybe that'll, maybe my just utter dorkery will help maybe you. maybe that's why i brought up 1978 missiles hitting the san andreas starring christopher reeve and Gene it Hackman. worked out it worked out uh, pretty well Peter. it was it was it was all these undesigned coincidences which is another yeah. concept worth discussing in a con in a, in a my favorite podcast. fictional character is is john, superman john, john calvin would appreciate the way this show ended Though, <laughs> though my my very favorite film character passed away this week. And, you, uh, you said that earlier, dude. I, I I wanted to get in. I wanted to dig into that, but I didn't. That, that's worth that's worth expanding upon. Yeah, like like sure. like I think that's it's cool. Not cool that he's dead. It's so, cool that, right. that you identified so, him as your favorite. As your favorite, he's, he's my guy throughout throughout the there, throughout the ages of my life. That's the that's the guy that's kind of. There are three kind of pushed things. me to almost be who I am. But that's the that's the fictional character that I want to be. There are three things that Dre and I have bonded over over the years: uh, our mutual love for Michael Jackson, our mutual love for Superman, and our mutual love for Apollo Creed. The, I mean, the Rocky the, franchise for sure. I know there's, the Rocky franchise. Is yeah, right. there's, there's probably more than that, but. Right. Yeah, like, but th yeah, those those are big ones, man. Like, even but, when I even when I played like as little kids and my little white cousins and whatnot, I was always Apollo <laughs> Creed, and, and I didn't I didn't mind losing all the time because I was Apollo Creed. Yes. Well, I grew up on Rocky. I I would say that, <laughs> so, I would say Sylvester Stallone taught me to be a man from watching Rocky. I I, I love Sly. And, and when I'm and when I met Dre, I felt like Rocky Balboa meeting Apollo Creed. And this man was going to be the friend, a friend for life, because he just kind of he kind of channeled him in a way that like Apollo Creed and Rocky just sort of like we fought, but we loved each other. And I love that he's has, on the winning end of this, but you know that's that's that's, that's okay. well, I mean, you want, like there's not some you want to rematch? You want to rematch? Then the you warrior want... might as well be dead, right? You want a rematch, man? You want? Is that? I mean, if one you're second. 
one look, second is very it, hard of my intelligence to handle. If if you're gonna look, if you're gonna train me to take down Clever Lang, it's the worst. <laughs> I, it's the least I can do for you, man. He Apollo did win that fight, by the way. It's confirmed and agreed. Well, of course, it's he said who won. He's like he did because he's, he's gonna say that because he's dead. Do you think he's going to tell his kid, like, yeah, I whooped your dad's ass? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I whooped yeah, he did. your dead dad's ass, and ain't nothing you can say about it. Also, Rocky Four, he's like, what, what happened to your eye? He's like, same friend, because his friend beat his ass. That's what it's, uh, it's okay. I'll tell you what, Dre. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's a that's a that's that was a tough one for me in Hollywood. I'm, that's a, I'm gonna, that's a I'm big gonna, one. I'm gonna tell you this, man. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. You're my guy. Yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. Former Raider linebacker. I'll take that fight anytime. <laughs> but okay, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you would mind. <laughs> I mean, but I yeah. I know you wouldn't kill me, so it, I would take it. So I wouldn't mind doing a Rocky movie review because that's you know. The, yeah. But yeah, so Carl Weathers died, and Joe and I are broken up about it, and we're, uh, you know, we're reminiscing about our past bonding experiences while we talk about bunching each other. And, we, uh, I mean, we ran on the beach and we jumped in the water and hugged each other. And you wore little it, short it, shorts. Yeah, yeah, and, and cropped. Yeah, it was some midriff shirts. Like to somebody <laughs> who didn't know any better, it would look the super gay. gay. <laughs> to anybody who didn't know any better, it would look super gay. But Dre and I know better, and it wasn't. So right, shut it, was, up. it wasn't gay. Yeah, so he admitted to his wife that he was afraid. You know, <laughs> it's, it's... but right. uh, yeah. Hey, Black Bull. But uh, hey, uh, you're not going to heaven. It's better. Um, sorry for the bad news, but it's actually good news. And uh, we have anything else? We guys good? The, the best right. Carl okay. Weathers movie was was uh, him in Toy Story Four. Seeing that. Just, I've never seen. Until I was before, just. But... I was just looking for the most obscure Carl Weathers uh, credit. Adam Sandler, I mean, the uh, the Happy Gilmore, he was in that. Yeah, I'm a big he fan of Action Jackson. Of stuff. Action Jackson was great. Yep. Uh, the great Predator. Vanity, the late great Vanity, was in that movie. Craig T. Nelson, Coach, was the bad guy. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so, I feel like I feel like Predator was is the only second to his his Rocky. Um, he Roll. he was in uh, the TV version of In the Heat of the Night. And that was he, Mister Tibbs, was pretty mm-hmm. pretty good, and he had another TV show that was like that. But and now, my you know my guy, he dies, and I can't think of his shows because right. But distraught. but my point is, Rocky is why everybody knows him. But if it wasn't yeah, his for commercial, Predator, he was but if dealing. it wasn't for Predator, you wouldn't have yeah. the the muscly right. arm, black dude, white dude gripping because that was that was Predator, and he was pushing too many pencils. That's why clearly, clearly, because <laughs> my man was always yoked. Oh, hold on, hold on a second, guys. Okay, so this podcast came about because a certain listener by the name of Corey asked for it. She wanted us to talk about, you know, to talk about the going to heaven subject. Before we started, I I wrote her and said, hey. We're going to do this. Do you have any specific questions? And she finally just now answered me. So, Corey, this podcast didn't go the way you wanted. It's because you waited so long to write to me. So, there you go. What were her so, questions? So, I asked. Did we get to him? Well, I asked. Uh, but, but, but hold on. 
hold on, hold on. This is uh, this is going to be really surreal for Corey because uh, you know she's getting all this and it's happening in real time for me. Near, near real time, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, any particular questions, topics you want us to cover along those lines? She didn't answer. Then she wrote, "Dang, sorry, I've been traveling." Blah 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 blah. blah. And then she uh, answered, "Insert every Bible verse that one might read and think it implies believers go to heaven upon death." There. What kind of? So, we we kind of did that. Yeah. We got you, Corey. We got you, dog. <laughs> hey, you know what, Corey? That's as what I keep we do. As I keep telling you, when we talk about this stuff over uh, Messenger and and social media and stuff, it's in my blog. Got a blog. <laughs> And and the show actually has a has a Facebook messenger that I might check this week. So <laughs> feel free to hit that up, and uh, you know we all have our, our our DMs open in the spots that you see on the screen. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I feel like there's so I normally uh, we end these things with me feeling like there's so much ground left uncovered, but on this one I wrote a blog about it. So. Right. So there's questions it's you have. Uber covered. If he wrote a blog, it's so covered. I didn't cover the Neo Kano stuff in the blog. Because you have a new blog to write. Well, I've been meaning like I I yeah. Well, I think I kind of covered it here, but anything else you can think of in the blog. In the blog. Link in the description. <laughs> so with that, I will say, stay curious. Stay enlightened, and we will see you next week. God bless. Show.